You're listening to the YPO Networks Podcast. YPO in my form helped me with an additional $15 million in value. And so when I think YPO, I think there's real business value as well as all of the social value and the the family and, and everything else associated with YPO. My life is so much more effective because of what I've learned through YPO. YPO has been important in my life in, in a lot of different ways, both professionally, and personally, family. I have this job uh, that I have and I love because of YPO. In this episode, Ann Cheng, the business director of YPO, sits down with Bill Smith, a renowned tax expert, founder of CBiz National Tax Office, and managing director at CBiz MHM LLC, and Courtney Vitali, a tax director in the suburban Philadelphia office of CBiz MHM LLC, focusing on tax strategy and implementing tax planning and advising. Join them as they talk about the main highlights of CARES Act and how it provided important relief for the coronavirus economy. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. This is Tax Opportunities from the U.S. CARES Act. And now, your host, Ann Cheng. Good morning and welcome to the YPO Networks podcast. I am Anne, your host, uh, Business Network Director of the Construction Industry Network. And thank you, Bill and Courtney, for joining us this morning. Well, thank you for having us, Anne. Thank you, Anne. Well, the past month of March has been akin to living a year in dog years with three phases of the CARES Act being launched. Bill, could you take us through the main highlights of the CARES Act? Absolutely, Anne. And Bear in mind, I'm only going to be talking about the tax aspects of the act. Obviously, the Paycheck Protection Program 7A loans are a huge part of it, and they are in full swing and chaos right now, even as we speak. But we're going to talk about some of the tax provisions in the act. It won't be all-encompassing, but just to give you an idea. So the first one is the employer payroll tax holiday, where employers get to hang on to 6.2% of the Social Security taxes that they would otherwise be depositing each payroll period. And that started on March 27th and goes through the end of the year. This is a loan, however, so bear that in mind. You've got to pay back half of it at the end of 2021 and the other half by the end of 2022. Uh, All other parts of the Social Security that you normally withhold and income tax withholding, you still have to do that. Remember also, if you take out one of those uh, what we call triple P loans, Paycheck Protection Program 7A loans, and that loan is forgiven, you're not entitled to this benefit. So if you think you might going to get a loan and have it forgiven, you probably don't want to start hanging on to that 6.2% until you know where you stand with respect to your loan and whether it's going to be forgiven. The next thing is the employer retention credit. That lets you keep 50% of qualified wages if you're an affected employer. So you do it in the same way. You keep that 6.2%, the employer portion of Social Security. But remember, in phase two, there was the emergency sick leave and the emergency family leave that you have to allow your employees to take. So if you're using that, that's the same amount that uh, you're using here, the 6.2%. So it's only the amount in excess of that now that you get to keep. If there's more, the IRS has released a Form 7200 to help you get an expedited refund. You're affected if you were shut down by the COVID virus order or your payroll, your gross receipts declined by more than 50% from the same quarter in the prior year. If you're a small employer, meaning 100 or fewer employees, 
you take into account the first $10,000 of compensation paid to each of your employees during the relevant quarter. If you have more than 100 employees, you take the first 10,000 of compensation paid to employees while they were not working for you. The period covered is March 12th and goes through the end of the year. Employers are not eligible for the credit here if they receive a loan under the Triple P program. So it doesn't have to be forgiven, just if they got a loan, they're not eligible. Next, they fixed the retail glitch. That was the problem in the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act where they tried to combine several different types of improvements to non-residential buildings and make them eligible for bonus depreciation. So essentially, now they've fixed that and all those types of improvements to non-residential buildings will be eligible for bonus depreciation in a 15-year class life. That's important. How you get that, uh, we're not certain if you have property that was placed in service and eligible in 2017. If it was just 2018, you probably have the ability to either file an amended return or use an accounting method change that's automatic. Next, net operating loss carryback changes. So the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act removed the ability to carry back a net operating loss and get a refund of prior year's taxes. You used to be able to carry it back two years and forward 20. When they passed the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, they eliminated that, gave you an unlimited carry forward and said, you can only deduct up to 80% of your taxable income using the NOL. Well, like in 2008, they've changed that now four years, 2018 through 2020. Now, if you have a net operating loss, you can carry it back five years and get a refund of the amount you may have paid in those prior five years. You can also carry it forward if you have excess remaining net operating losses and the 80% restriction has been lifted. So you can carry it back and offset 100% of income. So you're going to need to think about uh, whether you need to file amended returns, or ask for refunds from those prior years. If you've got a situation where you owe taxes in 2019 that are going to be due by July 15th due to the extension order, uh, there's a form, I've forgotten the format. Anyway, there's a, you can if you're not going to owe taxes in 2019 because in 2020 you'll have a net operating loss that will wipe it out, and remember you have to wipe out all five years before 2019, there's a way to file for an extension where you don't have to pay that tax on July 15th. In tandem with the uh, NOL provision, there was a personal loss provision uh, in the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act capping your losses at $500,000 for joint filers and two fifty dollars for single filers. That has been suspended for 2018 through 2020 as well. The business interest deduction that was capped at 30% of business interest income and 30% of your um, adjusted taxable income has been increased to 50% for 2019 and 2020, except for partnerships, only for 2020. And with that, I'm going to turn it back over to you, Anne. That was the quickest explanation of the CARES Act I've ever given. Thank you, Bill. That was a mouthful, and that was quite a, a bit. Thank you so much for taking us through the main highlights of the CARES Act. Uh, now over to Courtney. What do you think are the particularities of the CARES Act that contractors and construction industry business owners should pay attention to? Thank you, Anne. I'm going to 
frame this the same way that Bill did and then just tease out a few things in particular to the industry. So obviously that loan program, the payroll protection program where you're going to apply for a loan through an SBA approved lender, that can be quite significant. Cash is key to all businesses. However, contractors have to also consider things that perhaps other industries do not to the same extent, such as they will have contract clauses. They may be subject and working on a job that is pay when paid. They may, in contrast, be working on a job that is paid when paid or paid if paid. And so the cash isn't always commensurate with the work. So that would be one thing just to most contractors have very, very regular job status meetings. Most contractors read through all of their contracts or they have a designated person to do so. Just look for things in those contracts that you may not be as looking at in regards to where things were previously to this time. In regards to the credits and the deferrals for the payroll taxes, again, work in tandem to determine whether you were going to apply for that SBA loan because there are, new, there are nuances. In particular for the deferral, that will need to be repaid, so just have a plan for that repayment. Also key to contractors, is that oftentimes you have to work with certified payroll and there is a very kindred relationship between the GC and the sub. And sometimes a GC in certain states can be responsible, ultimately responsible for all wages paid on a job. So just look at the impact to that. If you're a GC, reach out to your sub. If you're a sub, just be advised that your GC may be asking more from you. In regards to the retail glitch, the 15-year life now for non-residential, one silver lining is the impact that it could have to the industry. Companies may be looking to redesign when they get back into the office. They may need to change their layout. They may need to use different materials. OSHA may require certain things once we come through the other side of this. So there may be, there may be future work in regards to that. The NOLs. Uh, the, the loosening of the carryback to now a five-year and the removal of the tax income limit. Remember that for contractors that are very heavy in fixed assets, so maybe a heavy highway contractor or an excavator, there are, there are clients and there are businesses out there who have a lot of depreciation that they can take through those fixed assets. So there's some work that you can do in regards to that. The excess business loss, um, also similar, where you may be able to throw yourself into a loss in regards to the bonus depreciation, and then interest, just look in regards to your loans for the timing of that interest. Gotcha. Thanks, Courtney. What strategy can best be applied to contractors to leverage the benefits out of the CARES Act? The very first thing that I would say is timing. So, there has been a very, very rapid pace in the last, call it two weeks, but really especially in the last week for, for businesses that were looking to apply for this SBA loan. The intent of this payroll protection plan program was to get cash into the hands of businesses. There were some hiccups along the way, and so there has been a lot of rush and a lot of hurry. The biggest thing that I would say, number one, is to take a breath 
and to look at your timing. You now have opportunity. And not everyone will have the same opportunity, but everyone does have opportunity. Very first and foremost, the federal due date for C-Corps and 1040s, so for C-Corps and individuals, is now automatically moved from April 15th to July 15th. Utilize that time. Many states and localities have followed suit, but not all of them. So just take a half a breath and call your advisor. If they haven't already reached out to you, have a conversation. What's the most important thing to me, to you? Ask them to tell you what your options are for the return that they're probably working on right now for you for 2019. What about next year? What do you need to think about next year? The year that we're in, 2020, but it's your next tax filing year. And what are your options to reach back into prior years? The landscape that lays out before all of us is not just tax. We want you to be able to coordinate with your other advisors. Work with your banker. What would the cash mean? Work with your bonding company. How would they see it? Where is your bonding capacity? Again, you have options. They may not always be your most preferred options, but there are options out there. Have a call with them and let them each speak to their own discipline. Cash is obviously important to every business. So what is the best use for you? What is your highest and best use of gaining access to that cash? And underscore right behind that, what would that mean to you and to your businesses? So you might be able to borrow from the outside. You might be able to infuse cash from yourself. You might be able to get a refund and infuse that cash. Maybe this is a real catalyst for you and you really want to evaluate doing things differently. If there's a market for some of your equipment, maybe you'll look to sell some of your equipment. So what is the impact if you have choice in where you can gain access to cash, what would that mean to your different, from your different advisors' perspectives? And then what is the best use in regards to that? If you have not already filed 2019, ask them, what is the best thing that I can do now that we're where we are today? Maybe it's something that I wouldn't have done in the past, but maybe it's something that I want to avail myself based upon the times that we are in. So number one, take a half a breath in regards to timing. Number two, press into your advisors and your key personnel and your other, the other disciplines with which you work, the bonding company, the bank. And then uh, reach out to your insurance advisor. Reach out to legal. Check your contract clauses. Check your insurance and be informed and allow them to really come up underneath you and support you throughout this process. This will be an ongoing communication. And let those advisors really work with you and your key personnel uh, work with your GCs and your subs and have a, have a plan and be flexible. Sounds good. Well, thank you, Courtney, for that. Bill, um, as a closing question, what would be the best thing an organization should do right now to get the most out of the CARES Act? Well, Anne, I think the most important thing is to understand the interrelationship among these provisions. So if you want to immediately start taking the withholding, for instance, you have to understand if you're also applying for a loan, that can affect whether that provision is going to work for you. If you're applying for a loan, if the SBA made it clear that it's first come, first serve, what we're hearing is you should be working with your own bank if they are participating because they're, uh, the banks are 
working harder for the people they already have relationships with. So there are a lot of confusing things. How do you treat affiliated businesses? Uh, how do you count your number of employees? Things like that. What do you have to do after you get the loan to make sure it's forgiven? You need to understand all those things and you need to understand it, as Courtney said, using an integrated team approach with your advisors to make sure you understand the path and how it can get the most benefit to you in the quickest way possible. Great. Many thanks, Bill and Courtney, for being on our podcast this morning. Once again, Bill is Managing Director in the CBiz National Tax Office based in Washington, D.C., and Courtney is Tax Director in the Suburban Philadelphia Office of CBiz MHM LLC, focusing on tax strategy and implementing tax planning and advising. Both of you, thank you for being on the YPO Networks podcast. And it was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, Anne. Thank you for listening to the YPO Networks podcast. If you or your organization would like to be featured on the podcast, please write to Ann Cheng. That's A-C-H-E-N-G at YPO.org.